Do you need treatment or surgery? There's no need to wait or travel abroad. Receive treatment at Kingsbridge Private Hospital in Belfast or Ballykelly under the Northern Ireland Planned Healthcare Scheme at potentially no cost. Why wait? Text hello to 51777 or visit kingsbridgeprivatehospital.com for further information. Good morning and a very warm welcome to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. Today, folks, we are going to be looking at happiness versus contentment. Joe is speaking from his personal experience and sharing what the difference is between happiness and contentment. Just to go and say, at this point, I don't generally believe that happiness is the opposite to contentment. So, But that is an argument that some people put forward. Secondly, Pastor Phil is back with us again on the second part of the story of Joseph. And this time his topic is, what am I doing here? And so even though Joseph makes the right decisions, lives a life that is honoring and pleasing to God, he finds himself chucked in prison. And Phil goes and looks at Joseph and his overcoming temptation, but not necessarily getting the outcome that he desired. In our journey through the Psalms this year, we are back at Psalm 105 again. And the question that we have arising from that, which we will explore in a little bit more detail, is what promises has God made to you? But also, we are going to look at Matthew in chapter 16, a very familiar story, but it's all about a matter of perspective. Added to that, I have information about an event that is taking place this evening in St. Brendan's Church of Ireland in Burr in aid of Midland Living Links. And so if you can make your way there for that event, it would really be wonderful as they do a wonderful job helping those who have been bereaved by suicide, coming alongside families who are dealing with the trauma and the difficulties of those situations. And so that is a fundraiser that is taking place tonight in St. Brendan's Church of Ireland in Burr. But more of all those things later. Now, let us begin our time by indeed focusing our attention on the words of Psalm 105, read to us by Charlize. We're reading Psalms 105. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God, his judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan, as the portion you will inherit. When they were but a few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, They wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. He called down famine on the land and destroyed all their supplies of food. And he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles, his neck was put in irons. 
till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him true. The king sent and released him, the ruler of peoples set him free. He made him master of his household, ruler over all he possessed, to instruct his princes as he pleased, and teach his elders wisdom. Then Israel entered Egypt. Jacob resided as a foreigner in the land of Ham. The Lord made his people very fruitful. He made them too numerous for their foes, whose hearts he turned to hate his people, to conspire against his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed his signs among them, his wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made the land dark, for had they not rebelled against his words? He turned their waters into blood, causing their fish to die. Their land teemed with frogs, which went up into the bedrooms of their rulers. He spoke, and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout their country. He turned their rain into hail, with a lightning throughout their land. He struck down their vines and fig trees, and shattered the trees of their country. He spoke, and the locusts came, grasshoppers without numbers. They ate up every green thing in their land, ate up the produce of their soil. Then he struck down all the firstborn in their land, the first fruits of all their manhood. He brought out Israel, laden with silver and gold, and from among their tribes no one faltered. Egypt was glad when they left, because dread of Israel had fallen on them. He spread out a cloud as a covering and a fire to give light at night. They asked, and he brought them quail. He fed them well with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and water gushed out. It flowed like a river in the desert. For he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abram. He brought out his people with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. He gave them the lands of the nations, and they fell heir to what others had toiled for, that they might keep his precepts and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. When we look at Psalm 105, as I said, the thing that really strikes me from this psalm is that it is the promise that God went and made to Abraham. And that causes the question to arise in my mind, what is the promise that God has made to you? Now, I can go and share every week, as I do on this program, about how it is that God has promised this and God has promised that and God has promised the other thing. But unless you know that for yourself, then it isn't a reality. But listen to what it says here towards the end of Psalm 105. It says in verse 42, For he, that being God, for he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. Full stop. For he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. Full stop. Now what effect did this remembering of the promise that he gave, a holy promise that he had given to his servant Abraham? What was the effect of it? This is what he goes and it says. Speaking about the the whole psalm is showing about how it is that the Lord went and brought the people of Israel 
out of Egypt and into the promised land, a promise that he had indeed given to Abraham. But it goes and says here from verse 39 onwards, it says, He spread out a cloud as a covering and a fire to give light at night. They asked and he brought them quail. He fed them well with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock and the water gushed out. It flowed like a river in the desert. And then it goes and says, For he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. And what is the effect of that? Here's what the effect of it is. He brought out his people with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy, and he gave them the land of the nations, and they fell heir to what others had toiled for, that they might keep his precepts and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. Now here's the thing. When we look at Scripture, when you consider your faith, when you think about your journey with God and where you are with God, what are the promises that you hold on to? What are the promises that go and give you the energy, give you the vigor, give you the enthusiasm, give you the excitement for living out your life in a godly way? That is the question that I want to put to you. Or maybe you're listening to me and you're going, I don't know of any promises. Or maybe you're going, well, how can I even believe any of those promises? And they are a different discussion. But what we're reading here is how God went and remembered and fulfilled his promise that he'd given to Abraham by bringing the people of Israel out of slavery and into a joyous new reality. And here's the thing. He is doing the same for you, should you choose that promise. Midlands 103. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And folks, that song brings back memories. Happiness is the Lord. And takes me right back to my early childhood, sitting beside the old record player, listening to the big LP playing these songs. As I've said on today's show, we have been looking at Psalm 105, where we've been asking ourselves the question, what is the promise that God has made to you? Not the promise that I have, not the promise I'm speaking about. What promise is real to you? It may be a shared promise, such as knowing that Christ will never leave us nor forsake us. That is a promise that he has made to us all. But the reality of that promise, is it your reality as it is my reality? What are the promises in scriptures that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus for you, that you hold onto those promises? And so we're looking at the fulfillment of that promise to Abraham in Psalm 105. And that gives us encouragement. That gives us joy. That gives us contentment. Because we know that we can rest on the word of God. Now speaking on the topic of happiness and speaking on the topic of contentment, Joe will be with us now in a few moments and will be sharing his thoughts on that topic and how it related to him personally. Also, Pastor Phil will be with us sharing on what am I doing here as he continues his journey through the life of Joseph and the impact that Joseph's decisions made. They were good decisions, upright decisions, and yet the impact was it still landed him in more grief. 
And yet, Phil is going to share that with us. Later, or a little later on, we're also going to look into Matthew's Gospel in chapter 16. And we're going to look at a matter of perspective. And also, as I have mentioned to you, that tonight in St. Brendan's Church of Ireland, a special musical event is taking place in aid of Midland Living Links, who do a wonderful job coming alongside those who have been bereaved and lost loved ones due to suicide. And so it is a fundraising evening that has been put on, and hopefully you can come along to that this evening. But more details of that a little later. Now, Joe is sharing with us on happiness and contentment. Hello. Philippians 4.11 reads, I have learned in whatever state I am in therewith to be content. St. Paul knew many hardships, so he didn't write this from the perspective of some bloke who'd got the prettiest girl in high school to go out on a date with him. Happiness is something you feel when you get what you want. Contentment is something you learn when you don't. Happiness is a mere passing emotion. Contentment is a state of character. You can be content without being happy, but you can't be happy without being content. If you're discontent, you're going to be contentious. St. Paul was a man at peace regardless of his circumstances. St. James said, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? People who live on their emotions tend to be discontent, unstable, toxic and fault-finding. You have to walk in eggshells around them to avoid incurring their wrath. I reminded one Christian woman that I knew that she'd a fine house, her own job, a new car and the means to go on holidays whenever she wanted. She was angry with me even for saying that. Unhappiness can come from a wound that is never healed. It may also be the cause of having a drink problem and alcoholism is a major breeding ground for contentiousness. Or it could be just plain ungratefulness. Ingratitude is a real joy killer. It kills relationships and, worst of all, it offends God. On the other hand, thankful people are pleasant to be with. Believe me, it was a major stumbling block in my own life for many years. I had great difficulty seeing how overflowing my cup was when things went wrong in my career. Even to this day, it is my accolades heel and I do have to work on it. Let's not forget, too, that we do have an enemy who often blindsides us. So don't give yourself too hard a time when you get upset over little things. That's often Satan just doing his evil work, knocking us out of kilter. It's if or when the state of disgruntlement totally outweighs the more pleasant attitudes. It's time to come one side and do a real soul search. Remember that it's in Jesus we live and move and have our being. Do you need treatment or surgery? There's no need to wait or travel abroad. Receive treatment at Kingsbridge Private Hospital in Belfast or Ballykelly under the Northern Ireland Planned Healthcare Scheme at potentially no cost. Why wait? Text hello to 51777 or visit kingsbridgeprivatehospital.com for further information. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And now it's time to have Pastor Phil sharing with us the next instalment of The Life of Joseph. What am I doing here? Is the title. As poor Joseph ends up there on his journey 
even though he does the right thing, the consequences for doing the right thing in his case brought him into a more difficult and terrible situation. And sometimes doing the right thing does that. But here is Phil speaking about Joseph's life and his integrity and the price that he paid for his integrity. Have a listen. Welcome back, folks, to Treasuring Jesus. What am I doing here? Joseph must surely have asked himself the question. A simple errand from his father had become a nightmare when his brothers had turned against him, maltreated him, and then sold him to a passing caravan of merchantmen on their way to Egypt. And now he found himself in a line of sullen men ready to be sold as a slave to the highest bidder. We take up the story in Genesis chapter 39. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favour in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and of all that he had he put under his authority. So it was, from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Potiphar was quick to recognize that Joseph was no ordinary slave, and so he was trusted with responsibility in the affairs of the household. However, there was a member of the household who had other plans for Joseph. We read on from the last part of Genesis 39 and verse 6. Now Joseph was handsome in form and an appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what's with me in the house and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you're his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he's brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me. I cried out with a loud voice, and it happened when he heard that I cried my voice, uh, lifted my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, 
that the Hebrew servant you brought to us came into me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. And so it was. When his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. So what do you think of that? It all seems so unfair. Joseph was determined to stay pure, to remain faithful to God, to morality, to decency. He refuses to be seduced by Potiphar's wife, and yet he still ends up losing his reputation, losing his job, losing his freedom. Now look, Joseph's story is far from over, and God is far from finished with him. But listen, knowing the kind of attitudes to sex and morality that exist these days, I think it's good for us to notice how Joseph was able to resist the lure of sexual temptation. May I suggest some things that helped him win the victory so that we can learn from them? Maybe it was the length of his memory. You see, his own family history had been stained with things which he would rather not remember. It would have cried out to him, don't let this happen to you. Maybe it was the depth of his devotion. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God, he said. You see, Joseph knew that his sin wasn't just to be against Potiphar's wife or Potiphar himself. All sin is against God, and that he could not contemplate. Perhaps it was the strength of his determination. This temptation was, wasn't just a one-off, you see. Potiphar's wife kept coming to him day after day. Joseph had decided he wasn't going to give in. Young people, if you're listening to me, you need to decide that you're going to stay pure before that temptation arrives in your experience. And then notice the speed of his reaction. He fled. He got out. He didn't hang around. He had never read the words that were written by Paul to Timothy. Flee fornication. But the picture of it is right there in Potiphar's home. Someone has said that Joseph looked away. He ran away. And he stayed away. And may God give you and I great wisdom and courage to do exactly that in the hour of temptation. Please bow with me in prayer. Father, we know that we're living in a world that abuses and perverts your gift of sex, which is intended to be enjoyed exclusively by husband and wife. Please turn our society away from the acceptance of immorality and give us the strength to stay pure for our own good and for your glory. And we bring our prayer in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour and Lord. Amen. Thanks again for joining me today. We do appreciate your uh, tuning in week by week. Until next time, keep treasuring Jesus. Midlands 103. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. So we have been looking at Psalm 105 and the question we asked in regard to that psalm is, 
what are the promises that God has made to you, being that the psalm is actually a fulfillment of the promise that God had gone and made to Abraham in regard to his descendants and taking them out of Egypt and bringing them to the promised land, and indeed making provision for them. But what are the promises that you know that God has made to you that are not just things that you have in your intellect or knowledge, but that you actually truly lean on them, rest on them? And that's why we had the song Standing on the Promises. Then Joe was discussing with us the difference between happiness and contentment and that contentment with godliness is great gain according to the Apostle Paul, and contentment is not based on one's circumstances, and rather our contentment is based on the person of Christ. Then we discover with the life of Joseph, as Pastor Phil had been sharing with us, that because he did the right thing, because he was honoring God by the decisions that he made, that he knew that if he had sinned, he would not only be going and doing wrong in the eyes of Potiphar doing wrong with Potiphar's wife, but also it will be wrong in the eyes of God. And so, because of his love for God and his fear of God, he chose not to go down that route. But it had dire consequences for him, because Potiphar naturally just believed his wife. And then Joseph found himself, even though he did the right thing, to actually be put into jail and life getting worse. And sometimes when we make the choice to do the right thing, circumstances don't work out the way that we would like them to. And we can have very negative things happen to us even by doing the right thing. But God had an overall plan in that. But the question that Phil went and started his piece on Joseph was, what am I doing here? Maybe you're someone, and as we've been journeying through this program, you're asking the question, what am I doing here? How come life has brought me to this point, be it positive or negative? But so often that is kind of the question that we ask when we're in a negative frame of mind. But then I ask you, what are the promises that you know that God has made to you, even in the circumstances that you find yourself in? And are you someone, and even in the circumstances that you find yourself in, you know contentment because God is with you in the midst of those circumstances. A promise that God has given never to leave you nor forsake you. Now that brings us into our last piece that we were talking about from Matthew's Gospel, which is a matter of perspective. And we have where Jesus is actually going and declaring that he is going to die, predicting that he's going to die. And he's telling his disciples this. Now they have been watching the wonderful things that Jesus Christ has been doing, proving that he is indeed the Messiah, as this year we have journeyed through Matthew's Gospel. But now it's turning, as does with most of the Gospels, it's turning now and changing from Jesus being the Messiah who is doing all this good to Jesus being the Messiah who is the suffering servant. And he is predicting the type of death that he is going to die. And beginning at verse 21, this is how it is. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. 
Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Having a right perspective, a matter of perspective, when Jesus goes and rebukes poor Peter, when he comes out with the statement that he did about Christ, Jesus says, Get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. There is a difference of perspective. Now, he wasn't calling Peter Satan. He knew what was coming from it. And when we look at it on the cold face of things, Jesus being on earth was a great thing because it brought healing to people, restoration. People were being fed. The lepers were being cured. Incurable diseases were being sorted out. Imagine that if that was the case now, would we want to have rid of Jesus? No, we wouldn't. So when the Lord Jesus then started to speak about how it is that he was going to die Well, you could understand how Peter came out with that statement and rebuked him and said, Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. But it was going to happen because Jesus doesn't lie. And that's the point. We can rest on the promises of God. God has said he will never leave us nor forsake us, no matter what the issues and problems we have are. Tell me, how is your perspective today? What's it focused on? Is it focused on merely human concerns? Or is it focused on the things of God? Do you stop up and consider that one day, maybe today, who knows, Christ could return? Would you be ready to meet him if he was to return? As it goes and says that he would come in his Father's glory with his angels. What reward would God be giving to you? Here's the thing. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And that plan and purpose is that he would indeed be your God and Father. And that you and he would be in relationship. And that he would always be there for you. Never leave you nor forsake you. And that brings me, just in closing, to go and mention about the event that is on this evening. Many people have had their lives robbed of a loved one due to suicide and they may have nothing but dark days ahead I don't believe it was ever the intention of anyone who has chosen to take their life by suicide to go and cause the hurt and grief and pain that the family has gone through or goes through afterwards but it happens so finally folks I just would like to go and mention about the event that is on tonight at 8pm so this is the clergy coming together in birds an ecumenical endeavour held in the Church of St. Brendan the Elder 
Oxmantown, Mal, Burr, County Offaly. Facing Up to Suicide is the name of the event and it's in aid of Midlands Living Links who are an organisation who come alongside families who have been bereaved by the loss of a loved one due to suicide. This is a fundraising musical evening and admission is free but donations are much appreciated to help Midland Living Links in their work. As I said, it's on tonight at 8pm and there is a has an Irish feel to it with Irish musicians, plus the Burr Choral Society are going to be there. Sean Ryan is going to be involved. The Kinsella family is going to be involved. And indeed, I'll be there myself with my guitar and the family will be with me as well and we'll be hammering out a few tunes that you can all come and sing along to. All are welcome for a very worthy cause. So, if you're free, look forward to having your company tonight at 8pm in St. Brendan's Church of Ireland, Burr. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Show your grace and turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.